Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. At just 19 years old, today's guest was nominated for a Grammy for a song that she wrote in college and her career skyrocketed in a matter of just months. We're joined today by Jamie Grace. Among several other nominations, Jamie also won the Dove Awards New Artist of the Year. A lot happened fast. There were tours, studio sessions, and album releases, and a growing pressure to maintain momentum. While these are dream scenarios for any aspiring musician, they collided with the symptoms of Jamie's diagnosed illnesses and center on a spiral downward. Today on Connections, Jamie Grace opens up about her lifelong journey with mental illness. She'll talk about what she was diagnosed with. She'll also explain to us why she decided to write her book, Finding Quiet. We're joined today by Jamie Grace. She's a Grammy-nominated Christian recording artist, and most recently she can add to her title, author. So you've recently put a book together, which we're going to get around to in just a little bit. But first of all, we want you to tell us um, about your childhood and life leading up to your diagnosis. Um, Yeah, I grew up in the southeast um, in the States in a small town in Georgia. It's called Lathonia. And it always cracks me up when people talk about small towns, not, you know, only having one stoplight or two stoplights. And I would look around and I was like, we don't even have one stoplight. Um, It was a really small town. I was pastor's kid. So it's kind of one of those everybody in the community kind of knew us, but it was nice because there's like a local ice cream parlor. Me and my sister would go to, we were homeschooled. So, you know, super nerdy, but we also loved being homeschooled. Um, there's a lot of music in our home, a lot of joy in our home, a lot of laughter. Um, my parents helped um, to rebuild some local families by um, becoming like temporary guardians for children in need. Um, and so I had like bonus brothers and sisters from time to time. So there was just always excitement um, in my home. And it was just a really great place to grow up. Um, and, and, and still is. I mean, I'm almost 30 and I'll still just go to my parents' house and just grab a snack and just chill out. I'm like, this is nice. Um, they're just really great humans. Um, and then at 11, I was diagnosed uh, with Tourette syndrome, OCD, ADHD, and anxiety, which is kind of what uh, shifted the trajectory of, <laughs> of uh, my life at that point. What was it like to hear that at 11 years old? Because you're 11. <laughs> Right, right. Um, it, it was a lot. I, I, one of the one of the first things was relief uh, because the the main characterization of Tourette syndrome is physical or vocal tics or twitches, as some people might call them, that you can't control. So a lot of repetitive, you know, movements like blinking and arm movement and leg movement and stuff. And um, it had gotten to the point that it had become physically debilitating and sometimes physically painful. And so initially, it was relief because I was like, oh you know, this makes sense. I've been having these symptoms for about two years now, and it feels really nice to to not have to worry, you know, about it anymore. But um, eventually I, I, I learned, or actually quite quickly, I learned that there was no cure for my condition um, and that it would also like just likely get worse before it got better, um, which it did. And so it was, it, it was a lot to process as a kid. Um, again, I'm grateful for the home that I grew up in uh, because it just, provided a very safe place to land um, and to feel. Um, and so it, it, it helped with my development, but, uh, but it was definitely still challenging to, to deal with that, you know, on top of regular kid stuff, 
you know, I mean, there's a lot of kids this year that have gone through so many different changes with school changing and all this stuff. It's like being a kid is really hard. Um, So it was definitely challenging. How did you make it through all of that and eventually get to where you are today? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I attribute a lot of it to to my upbringing and just the foundation that that I was, you know, privileged enough to have. You know, I I I just remember my parents always encouraging me to like know that God was with me even when times were hard. You know, it's like life was far from perfect, even without a medical condition. It's like life is simply hard, but God is with us even through the pain. And so that was one thing that was really helpful. But around 14 years old, I really fell in love with the passage in the book of Psalms where it says, um, in 30 uh, verse five, where it says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it was this kind of like <laughs> over analytical yet incredibly simple understanding where I was just like, wait, I can cry and I can have joy. <laughs> and I was like, I can have both. And it was, it was so freeing because, you know, for a while, especially dealing with a sickness, like all I was looking for was a cure. All I was looking for was like the big miracle. And as a Christian, like I believe in miracles, I've seen them happen. So I'm like, okay, like, where's the miracle? But God showed me, it almost kind of felt like God was asking me like, Hey, what if I teach you how to have joy in the pain. And that was just like, I mean, I'm quite an optimist naturally, but that was just such a fascinating concept of like, whoa, it doesn't have to be perfect for me to be happy. And so um, I just really embraced that. And I started like singing songs about that and uh, writing songs about that. And then wanting to share that on YouTube and like, like, which I don't know if that's the most natural choice, but I was like, I want to put this on YouTube and tell people about joy. Um, So that's what I started doing. And then um, there's a, you know, a, a television network called TBN. It's a Christian network. And so they found these videos when I was 17 and they were like, whoa, you're so joyful. And like, you know, pumped about life. We'd like for you to come be on this kid's show that we have. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, um, that was called I shine. And it like, it sounds like such a crazy story, but that's what happened when I was 17. And then that turned into like more opportunities to tour and make music. And here I am at 28, like, still doing the same thing you know life is still far from perfect and I still have health challenges but but joy it's like when I when I embrace it it's not a it's not a 24-7 like oh I found joy guys we're good but it's just this this understanding that God is with me through all of it and that's what's really kept me going. So tell us a little bit about your book Finding Quiet and why you decided to put that book together. Yeah um it, it almost started as an accident um Two years ago, just after um, just after I got married, I, I just started journaling just in a different way. I, I realized that I wanted to kind of uh, just improve my like my own uh, mental health, if you will. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the right phrasing, but um, but you know, I've been living on my own, and everything was like all about me, and I was over that. <laughs> and so I was excited, like with marriage, where I was like, man, like I just I. I'm thinking about more than just myself every day when I wake up, like I have a spouse, we wanted to have kids early. Um, and so because we you know, we're taking into effect my health and everything. I was like, I just want to make sure that I'm as mentally strong as I can be. So I started journaling and, you know, getting into like more intensive therapy and like going through some stuff that happened in my early 20s and just being like, what does it look like to have anxiety 
and to have peace and quiet at the same time? And is that possible? And is that biblical? And what does God say about that? Like, I wanted to like, just figure it out. I'm such a natural fixer, which there's a literal chapter in the book of me telling myself to stop trying to fix everything. But um, so that's how it started. I started journaling all these things. And um, I shared it with my big sister. And she told me she was like, this should be a book. At first, I told her it was a bad idea, because that's what little sisters do. (laughs) But eventually, I realized that she was right. You know, I didn't want to put a book out into the world saying, here's how to have a great life. But I did want to put a book out into the world saying, here's my journey to finding that peace and finding that quiet and not so much saying, oh, look, I know how to eradicate anxiousness from the world, but saying I know how to find peace and quiet in who God made me to be, even when I can't stop the anxiousness and the anxiety that is inevitable that goes around all of us. And you're using this as an opportunity to help others who may be struggling through the same thing. I I hope so. You know, I mean, I realized like a lot of the anxiety that I had came from, you know, being kind of put into the spotlight at a young age. But then a lot of the anxiety that I had was, you know, when I was on a tour bus at 21 years old, I was away from my parents in a way that I hadn't been before. And I'm like, this is stuff that you know, every day 20 somethings go through, you know, you know, getting married and then realizing like, wow, maybe I have been a little selfish. Like that's something that everybody goes through, you know, at some season and some season of life. So I appreciate you saying that. that that's the hope is that people can, whether their story is anything like mine on the surface or not, I hope that people can read this and say like, whoa, I, I've been through this too. So every chapter has kind of like some step-by-step things that I've gone through um, that can hopefully be applicable to other people as well. In your book, you also talk about your world being noisy, and you mentioned that quite a bit. Can you explain what you mean um, when you say that the world was noisy around you? Most definitely. I mean, especially when you're talking about the entertainment industry, you know, success and contentment, all of these things, oftentimes even joy and happiness, it's oftentimes found in the most amount of noise that you can make. I mean, even down to in being in the recording studio, it's like, okay, if we want this song to do well, we have to add more instruments, we have to add more background singers and things like that. But also, it's like, okay, well, how many tickets did you sell to the show? It needs to be bigger, it needs to be better, the tour needs to be longer, the, you know, every the, the outfit needs to be more dramatic and shocking and appealing like everything about um you know where I was in my career was about how noisy can it be the concept of being quiet for a musician or an artist is not deemed as success and that's not innately wrong I mean I (laughs) I personally love the concept of like entertainment like I'm a huge Broadway nerd Uh, my husband and I our honeymoon was in New York and we stayed in Times Square and like literally watched so many musicals so I love the concept of entertainment and noise and volume But when it comes to our own personal health, our own personal growth, our own wellness, we have to make sure that we are not valuing um, success by how much noise. We're not valuing our joy by how much noise. As I got older, um, you know, into my early 20s, and as I was not touring with my parents anymore because I was an adult and so they were home, I was gone for five, six months at a time. Um, I didn't see them for birthdays. Sometimes we wouldn't even talk on the phone for weeks at a time because my schedule was so insane. I was going to sleep at two to three o'clock in the morning. Um, 
every night, if you will, and then waking up at five or 6 a.m. to catch another flight. And then uh, when I was home for two to three days, I was recording and then hopping back on the road again. It was so much and I was missing any concept of quiet. You know, the closest thing that I got to quiet was when I was asleep. And even then it was oftentimes sleepless nights because I was just trying to stay awake and have enough energy to do the next concert or tour or interview. And again, I have nothing against the fun, crazy world of entertainment because it's a fun world. But when you're missing that foundation, when you're missing quiet in any respect, then you can start to lose who you are. And that's something that I had in my childhood, that when my health was out of control and when adversity was just knocking at my door, I always had the safe place of home. I always had a place where I was able to feel. I always had my church community, my family. Um, and in my 20s, I started to lose that because just the 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 way the will spend i i didn't have much time for that peace and quiet and so this is you know the last couple of years have been very intentional about me stepping into not isolation but solitude and saying okay god this is not me trying to change people around me this is not me trying to you know be negative about any culture or any world or industry around me this is me trying to find solitude and peace and quiet uh, within who I am so that I can be um, the healthiest and uh, the best version of myself that I can be. We've had a great conversation today with Jamie Grace about her new book, Finding Quiet and about being diagnosed with ADHD, anxiety, OCD, and Tourette syndrome at just 11 years old. She has so much more to share with us. We're going to continue this conversation. Join us again tomorrow for part two with Jamie Grace.